just uh, another, this is the last announcement we're going to make on our podcast rebranding following yes. the, you know, again, the, the hero, the hero savvy businessman, Elon Musk, you know, uh, rebranding it. So we are no longer project. We are no longer you, mm-hmm. right? The podcast formerly known as you, you formerly known as K, formerly known as the Omnibus. Okay. All right, all right, we are now rebranding one more time. This will be the final time, probably. We are now uh, Project Y. Why? Yeah, you know why? Well, you know what does the Y stand for? What does the Y stand for? Why well, stands for why not? <laughs> but, but, uh, oh, my, oh, gosh. Okay. And, uh, and, and and this is we're pivoting once again to a compass, you know. We're going to be like, uh, uh, you know, more uh, pro- progressive, intersectional ca- uh, form of business model, right? We're going to discuss some important issues and and monetizing it, mm-hmm. right? Because you know, hey, hey, activism, commercial activism, so activism, you know, like That's true. like like you know, we can't can't we gotta or or I can't. You know, uh, as I learned from many of these nonprofit people, you know, I'm doing we're, we're trying to do something good for the world. So I think that justifies 120K a year salary for myself. <laughs> uh, are we are we a nonprofit now? Yes. Yes. Just like uh, Ikea. You know, you can go you go look. You usually go look this up. Listeners. Wait, Ikea is a nonprofit. Ikea is classified as a nonprofit because all you have to do, all you have to all not the definition of nonprofit. In a, in a tax status is you have to provide a public service. Okay. Oh, this is it. The Swedish meatballs. I guess I don't know. Apparently, it's like it's either like like the MLB or some there's some sports organization that technically classifies a nonprofit. Mm. And it's really it's just like a tax status thing because like it, it's just it's just a way if you're nonprofit you just get away with lower taxes or not getting taxed at all. All right. Um. You know, it's uh, and, you know, FYI, yeah, case in point, like the invisible children, right? <laughs> we were talking about that guy, yes, <laughs> taking all that money, yes. so, uh, yeah. And you know, we've hired him, that guy, as uh, the director of finance here at Park <laughs> You know what? That makes sense now. Why I haven't seen any uh, any of that tap water money, yeah. So, um, well, the thing is, uh, so so where we go, we're gonna have a discussion here. Another discussion tapping once again your your resources, Phil, your background, right? Mm. With your uh, DEI certification. I figured you were uh, signing up for that. Yes. Would you like to explain to your listeners one more time, or for anyone listening, what is what does DEI stand for? Inclusion. What about the D and the I? Oh, I thought you just said what does the I stand for? Okay, so DEI stands for diversity, equity, and inclusion. Okay. What you? Would you like to give an example of of what that that's supposed to mean, and what someone with your certificate that I'm sure you spent painstaking amount of years and 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 work and training to get? Oh, uh, I'd rather not. Okay. So, <laughs> so let's uh, we're gonna have a discussion, right? The corporate uh, sensitivity training, All and right. I would like you to assist me in that with your DEI thing. That's that's fine. Okay, so the first thing, 
And I know I like to joke about these things. So this is this is actually not a joke. I mean, like, this is actually a real thing I thought mm-hmm. when I encountered when I ran to this scenario. I want you to tell me if this is legit me being racist or not. Mm-hmm. Right, this is I, I I really am being serious. This is not a bit. This is something that I actually did thought. So okay. I walk into a boba place. Okay. I go you know, I'm I've been here before. Uh, here in, in Hawthorne Street on Portland. I walk in there, I see all the workers are white. My first thought it was I should just turn around and leave. <laughs> does that does that make me racist? Uh Yes and no. <laughs> okay, sure. So yes, because it's like, oh man, like these white people behind the counter, like they're not gonna make great boba. So like that was that was racism itself. But then you also thought like, you know, they're probably not gonna make great boba. So like you're more than likely gonna be right. And you know what? It was fine. It was not worth seven dollars. Mm. Or a regular, regular t- milk tea, tarry, no, no bullshit in it. All right. Oh. You yeah, know, so. uh, the recession is hitting, hitting everyone hard, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so, what's the answer? Am I racist for thinking I don't want to give blow milk tea from a place that's only staffed by white people? <laughs> you know what? That's one of those gray areas where I would say... Yes and no. Okay. Here's here's the other thing. Uh, it, here's an educational thing that I would like you. Joseph Asnara, I would like you to educate me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, Phil, what does the phrase "we outside" mean? Oh, we outside. That means like, yo, summer. It's summer. It's hot. Yo, we about to about to be outside to you know, go hang out and you know probably do some ratchet things. <laughs> okay. Okay, so we're gonna unpack the ratchet thing in a minute. So who are who would you say is the primary demographic that says we are we are outside we outside? Uh, I would say usually black people. Yes. Black people everywhere or just New York? Uh, I'll, you know I'll I'll say everywhere. I'll say everywhere in the country. Yeah. All right. Uh, if I start saying it, is that is that is that okay? That make me racist? Yeah. Is that cultural appropriation? No, I wouldn't say that's cultural appropriation. Like, I think it'd okay. be fine. Yeah. Okay, what well, if it's a bunch of tur- Ninja Turtles for saying it? Uh, that's probably cultural appropriation because then they're like a whole different species. Okay. Wow. But I think that's very intensive because you don't know. This this came out in the new Turtles movie. It was really funny, but I had to look it up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, okay, so what is... uh? Here's the second thing. We'll get to the ratchet in a second. What does what does Ak mean? Ak? Oh, that's the dude. That's the 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 Pakistani dude behind the counter. Why? Why does this first Eddie Pakistani feel? Uh, because that's normally who they are. Yeah. (laughs) So, are you saying me that there isn't a bodega that is not run by a Pakistani dude? I mean, of course there is. You got the you got Poppy. (laughs) Who is Poppy? Poppy's a Spanish dude behind the counter. Okay. So if you walk into uh, a bodega run mm-hmm. by someone who may or may not be Pakistani, and you say, yo, Ak, let me get big egg and cheese, is that mm-hmm. racist? No. Why? Okay. What if I walk into a bodega in New York and say, yo, Ak, let me get big egg and cheese? Yeah, that's racist. That racist? Yeah. <laughs> what if it's... <laughs> 
What if it's the four? What if it's the four Ninja Turtles? Say, yo, ah, can they make egg and cheese? No, because they're from New York. <laughs> but they're oh, but they're also but they're not humans either. They're the turtles. True, but they're from New York. Like that can't that cancels it out. <laughs> <laughs> also, I I just tell you that's also a phrase I had to look up after watching that movie oh, to understand God. what they were saying. That is that is hilarious. Uh, and then, so would you like to explain it? This is not I did not plan this part. Would you like to explain to our listeners what ratchet means? Oh, uh, ratchet means like uh, it's always weird like trying to put like actual words to these terms. Uh, like hey, you gotta you gotta explain uh, what I apparently learned is called AAVE to our listeners. Right, you know, African American Vernacular English, cool. Or aka Ebonics. Um, yeah, so hey, that's you can't say that anymore. I can't say Ebonics anymore. <laughs> Apparently. Apparently. Mm. And I don't right. know if it's like you is it like I can't say it or you can't say it or just no one can no, say nobody it. Nobody can say it. Oh I, I didn't I didn't know that I this is this is news to me. I had no idea. I know. This is according to the discourse. When I say the discourse, I mean people on Twitter. Oh, okay. Like, you know, those guys, because they, they exist in real life, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Um, But yes, Ratchet. Ratchet means you're about to get into, like, some uh, less than reputable activities. Okay. So is it racist if you say Ratchet? Is it racist? No. Is it racist if I say Ratchet? Uh, Yes. Okay. Is it racist if I say AAVE? If you say the term. If I refer to the term, if I refer to the term AAVA, AAVE, am I allowed to say that? I mean, if you're referring to it, then I guess yeah, sure, why not? Like, right. let people know you you're you're up on your knowledge. Well, only to some certain people. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, who are usually going to be overly educated and they've only lived in Portland or Seattle, L.A., New York. Mm-hmm. Not even, and not, not your part of New York. I'm talking like, uh, like upstate. Sure. Again, I was gonna say, what's like the the close the, the village, right? Maybe. Oh uh, no, I mean, because the village that's still Manhattan. So okay. like, uh, yeah, I say upstate, like Hudson Valley, maybe. Okay. Shit, there, we there we're talking. There we're talking. Yeah. Okay. And there's a final final exercise, mm-hmm. and hopefully listeners and and I would appreciate everyone uh, clicking our coffee link. Ko-fi link, Patreon link, uh, for, for this for this important discussion. What if I say, you know, I see some some people crossing the border into our country, and I say, hey, go home. This isn't for you people. Does that make me mm. racist? Yes. Okay. What if I see, what if this these this this person, if I, what if this person has a dark complexion, uh, brown or black skin? That make me racist. Yes. What if this per what if this person is from Canada <laughs> and they're white? Does that make me racist? Yes. Okay. What if this this being it's more for is uh silver mm-hmm. and a hundred feet tall and has a giant fin on their head mm-hmm. and they've been on YouTube destroying our city and, and it's like look, look at this alien who's not even from Earth destroying our city. They should get out of here. Does that make racist? Yes. Oh, I think you, people like you, Phil, are undermining the great human race by like all these aliens from these shithole 
planets of light <laughs> come over here all right destroying our cities all right you're gonna tell me that what i saw on youtube is is is, is fake it's doctored huh? um probably deep fake what probably. what yeah, but yeah. it was released by the, the the government of japan all right ain't gonna, <laughs> believe, ain't gonna believe them oh why not why not they have, they're they, their government but they form a treat. everybody but they form a treaty with the great, the good alien, uh, Zero. All right. And you know why he's a good alien? Because he wears a, a trench coat and a hat. That makes him more suspicious. You remember the episode of, uh, what's his name? Uh, the Simpsons where uh, uh, Smithers was hiding in the shadows wearing a trench coat and but a fedora. But he's supposed to truth about the election rigging of such a mob. <laughs> you know, all the, ten, the, dead, the dead pets voting for Republicans. That's true. You're right. All right. I think I think you would feel differently if this giant silver being of light uh kicked your dog. Oh yeah, definitely not. Me and him gonna fight. Okay, well, good luck with that, because <laughs> this this giant silver being could turn hundred feet tall and hit you with its spacium ray. Uh, but we need we need we need to like we need to we need to escalate. We need to build weapons and and we nothing we have can stop the giant two giant being of light. We need a we need a Gundam. That's that's what we need. A, all right, you a, a know, burning Gundam. Yes, I just want to I just want to point out to you. All right, that's what uh, that's what Batman said in Zack Snyder Justice against Superman. You know, and I guess for what I'm told, because I haven't watched the movie and I don't think I will the Flash movie. That's mm-hmm. what happened. All these Kryptonians from their shithole planet came over and just wrecked Earth. Right. <laughs> You. What shithole planet? Ho, 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 ho. Oh, that's racist. <laughs> All right. So, uh, on that, we're, t- we're gonna we're gonna work out this, uh, you know, Bill, your Phil's alien lover aside, right? You know, whereas I'm a loyal citizen of the human race and planet Earth. No, uh, no you're you not, know. cause you cause you love the Green Lantern Corps. You, comp- <laughs> you Nazi. Hey, only the only the human ones. <laughs> all right well and, and well no um uh what's the name what's the forearm guy what's the for the guy with the forearms guy with the forearms never mind this, let's play anyways uh all right listeners so what a few of you are still listening <laughs> we're gonna resume the second half of our shit ultraman watch to summarize mm. what's just happened I'll just summarize what happened first, Phil. So far. In the oh movie. yeah, sure. So uh, Ultraman came to Earth. He beat up some kaiju's. Um, he hides out as a human named Shin Hayato. Uh, his partner is uh, the weirdo who slaps her butt to you know get herself into gear. And uh, as of right now, she is a 100 foot tall woman. And now yes. the SS, the Science Patrol or the SSSP are trying to uh, mitigate that. And also a big thing because they beat Zero, who was the evil Ultraman, but he succeeded in exposing the world about the truth of Ultraman's identity. Mm. Oh yeah, that's oh yeah, I forgot about that part. Yeah, that too. Yep. All right. So we left off the 58 minute mark, mm-hmm. and once again, listeners, we're gonna follow along. We're gonna turn the sound off and do commentary. If you want to get this movie. Good luck, because I don't know how you would get it legally. Uh, uh, Amazon. Yeah, you have to rent it, buy the DVD or Blu-ray. So on oh, yeah. And the Blu-ray just came out. I forgot about that. Okay, I guess that's good. Mm-hmm. So we're going to start in three, two, 
One. Let's go. Hmm. So as I understand, I want to ask some more questions because you're more familiar with the original series, Phil. The way they handle Ultraman is unique to this film, right? Because he's kind of like Ultraman takes over Kamigo, right? Yeah. It's, and the uh, series is not like that. No, it was more of a partnership. Here it seems like Ultraman, I mean, it seems like he is Ultraman just in a human form, which is a bit odd. But is it is it like a split person? Is it like, what, two consciousness in the same body type of thing? When he's human, he's the human guy. And when he's Ultraman, he's Ultraman. Exactly. Okay. Oh, look. Dead body. Oh, yeah. This I like to say. This is actually... Uh, it's oh, no, adding a, a cool depth to it. Because, like... Uh, he didn't share the body. He, he actually died. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Sleeping Beauty makes a good travel. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah, I think this is definitely, like, a Sleeping Beauty homage. And then here's the... Scene. <laughs> and there's the zombie just like under the, the tarp. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think you're slightly ahead of me. But I'll speed up a little bit. Oh, well, I'm at 59.35. Okay, I'm only eight seconds behind. This oh. is also what I love. We didn't talk about it too much in Shin Godzilla, but this is uh, Arnold's thing, is esoteric scientific techno babble. <laughs> yeah, it's like... Who understands any of this? Nobody. But they keep changing the angle, which makes it visually interesting, despite it's just four people talking in a room. Well, it's also like he, he's really all about the hard science. But yeah. I like it to use hard science for like really ridiculous like concepts. <laughs> and meanwhile, in terms of the actual like characters and drama, it's extremely much more like emotional. It's much more like it's dealing with like human trauma and 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 like power of emotions, right? Humanity, right? Which is contrast like the way he approaches the setting. I'm gonna go into it. Something I really like with Shin Godzilla, uh, and this movie when we get to it, and less of a Shin Kamen Rider is he. They don't solve the situation with a big action climax. Mm-hmm. It's like some esoteric scientific cure. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, look, it's... I uh, love this. What's his name? Elpheus. Yeah. Is that how you say it? It's supposed to be... Well, like, who I'm told? T- like Mephisto, I guess. That's how I always remember it. Okay. I was like Mephisto. I, as I understand, he's... Uh, I guess. I love this character. I love this character. What, uh, okay, what, 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 drew, what drew you about this character in particular? So he's also, so A, he's a different type of, and we're going to see it in, like, these three antagonists, right, that are not mm-hmm. the kaiju. Mm-hmm. Like, Zareb is, like, a very alien, alien. This, his antagonist, he, he's pretending to be human, and he's, like, kind of enamored with humanity. And just, like, yeah, like you said, Mephisto, he kind of, his, like, Zareb is, like, an alien, right? He, yeah. He, you know, trench, trench coat aside. <laughs> he's like a very fantastical and this guy he is an alien more of like he's like satan but he's taking yeah. out human form to like very kind of seductive and like conning humanity um and he has that quirk which i'm gonna get into he says it he has that quirk i really love he just says some like cliche human quote he always mm-hmm. says my favorite saying <laughs> but he keeps saying it all the time this is his favorite saying mm. Uh, I'm gonna give you a heads up. I'm, I'm gonna take that character trait and put it in our comic. 
Oh my goodness. I, I figured, okay, it's now that you said it, I'm like, you know what? I'm not surprised. Yeah. Um, so, as I understand it, though, this is, this is a character that exists in the show, but he's not like this at all. Yeah, no. Uh, to be honest, I'm not too familiar with him within the within the show's context. I'm familiar with him in the manga's context, uh, uh-huh. where he is the not the uh, he's a part of the the stars the star star council star council yeah where he tries to make the Ultramans try to make the Ultraman look like uh, villains, uh, in order to uh. Breakdowns humanity fate and relying on these uh, giants of light. Yeah, which is basically Zaro's plan. Like, strike while the higher is on. One of my favorite things. Mm. <laughs> so I just love that <laughs> funny quirk. Can he's just like, what I like about me, he just, he's just like that smarmy asshole, that slimy like salesman you always yeah. meet. Yeah, he's a stinkle like salesman. Yeah, which I thought it's just such a fun, it's such a funny way to do a villain, and it's such a contrast to the villain we've just seen, right? Right. Uh, and his acting. Apparently, he's also the, he's also super popular. Well, like this is a, the character that's apparently a huge shit in Japan. Oh really? Oh, interesting. Yeah, I was like I think this actor reprised the role, quote unquote, in like a commercial, like some random commercial. Hmm. Yeah, I love I love Elpheus. It's so. So funny. And I guess I am assuming that was just like the I don't know if this is from the show or not. Like that's why he made Asami giant was to like demonstrate what he's offering to humanity. Yeah, better safe than sorry, one of my favorite things. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just like you know, it's just like yeah, this like you you've we've I feel like everyone has run across this kind of asshole at some point. It's like the 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 fake sincerity. That's yeah. I love about it. Yeah, very, very uh, definitive of like a anti-villain, if you will, which I always feel like are hard to um, to write. But like here, but when they when they show up in like media, it's like, oh yeah, this is this is good. This is good context to that. And yeah, so this is also a really funny moment I love in the movie. You're talking about like, oh yeah, she just flashed that building, and you know what? The internet ran with that. Because she's all over social media, which is really bad. Not only just a humiliation, but she's also a secret intelligence agent. So right, who have a pin? <laughs> yeah, and then like yeah, half 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 the half the videos, the screenshots, are they're all like blurred out because it's like not, not safe for work. Right, because you awesome. know every every when you got a 100 foot woman above you, what do you do? Take panty shots. So this is my favorite moment, is that she's just, like, bemoaning off of this, and then the alien, Lamelfius actually reaches out to her. <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm sorry. What I'm going to do, I'm act- I'm going to erase all this footage. Yeah. And I love it. It's such a nice touch to this character. He's like, he, he, you know, he's a, he's a evil alien who just wants to enslave humanity. <laughs> and her reaction is so good. Like, this actress, she saw that moment. Yeah. No, it's, it's uh, we're all in the same boat. Yeah, and it's uh, someone I saw a funny comment. It's like, look, like this character, this 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 scene, it's a whole character arc in that in that one scene. <laughs> but yeah, I just and look at this, like one of my favorite things. He's just saying, swinging on this fucking playground set. Oh gosh. 
Yeah, I just love this. This is I just love this whole part of of the movie. Just this character and the way he's just like so freaking like insincere and slimy and charming. And you compare it to our hero Ultraman, who's incredibly stoic. Right, and like you know, a bit of a weirdo who like is just who's just there essentially. Mm-hmm. So this is a so the thing they're talking about. I like, kind of want to bring up kind of a larger theme with this movie, but also all three of these Shin movies that mm-hmm. Ono has done. And something that like I really really appreciate about his direction is that we're not just gonna do all right. Here's a Godzilla movie. Here's an Ultraman movie. Here's a here's a Kamen Rider movie. Mm-hmm. You know they're all gonna fight. They're gonna do the stuff you see. But he's kind of tapping into kind of th- the thematic resonance of each one. Mm-hmm. And and specifically, they all kind of have a a different out uh, a different outlook on humanity, right? And all across the scale, which mm-hmm. makes it like Godzilla is probably his most cynical movie because it's showing like here here's this natural disaster that humanity has created, and mm-hmm. this government is completely powerless, and they're so stuck they're so up their ass with their own like bullshit government Be- procedures. Yeah, yeah, the bureaucracy. Yeah, the so the funniest quote I heard from uh, Joseph from from CCA got the guy mm. he was uh, two guys ahead of us. He says bureaucracy was the real monster in that movie, <laughs> right? Yes. So it's, it's, and, it, and it makes sense because like Godzilla is you know it was originally a metaphor for like the Hiroshima and like this is a monster that was caused by human humanity and it's had the same satire. Comic with with uh, Ultraman. It's the other way around. It's much more idealistic. It's like, uh, like Ultraman, just an alien being who legitly sees humanity as worth saving despite our flaws. Mm. And and it does kind of satire, satirize humanity to a less, but to a lesser extent, right? Like he, we're seeing here, like Zara. Oh, these humans are stupid, right? I want to, I need to exterminate them because they're pests. There's Melpheus. Like, oh, humanity is cool, but he talks about humanity more like a resource to be used. Right. And then Shinkan Rider, I would argue, is kind of in the middle. Like, it's very cynical of, like, the things that human beings are capable of incredible cruelty and torture. Because, you know, with, like, the the villain, right? He does the the, the Kamen Rider Zero, Butterfly Hog, whatever but, you want to call right. it. Right, in order to, like, help free humanity from their yeah because he because he had a he had a personal tragedy because mother mm. died a senseless death right um but at the same time like what is it what is it that wins over him and um whatever her name really i don't remember the female's name other than the nickname the wasaw gave her oh yeah uh but like what what is it that wins ultimately wins all the pizza back guy it's not Kamen Rider doing a double kick is that he has this core of like yes humanity is shitty people have senseless deaths but it doesn't mean I have to be like them I'm not gonna kill right mm. which, it, I was, it, which I was very disappointed with it should have ended with a double rider kick oh <laughs> and that's kind of what I like about well I think why Arnold Evangelion is so resonant with so many people and why his works have like a, this such a shelf life is that he has this very fatalistic view about humanity and how awful they can be to each other. Right. Right. And McKellen, there's the whole like hedgehogs dilemma. Like they're just incapable <clears throat> of connecting. They're always hurting each other. Mm-hmm. 
But at the same time, he's not. He pushes back against that like nihilistic component, right? Which is like what Gendo and, and Butterfly Og, right, are trying to do. Like, like humanity is shitty. Let's just erase everything. Let's just all start all over. Mm-hmm. He's like, no, the struggle is like there is still like good people within humanity. They are capable of overcoming these things. And I kind of what I found realizing these three movies, they they have that kind of statement. Right? Like Shin Godzilla, yes. Human beings are petty and and they're caught up in the, like these dumb differences, these bureaucracy. But they're capable if there's a common threat, they will they are capable of working together to overcome it. Which we see in the climax of that movie. Right. I don't know if Phil's ever watched it. Fine finally watched it. I have not. Shame on you. I take it. I take everything. It doesn't apply to you. Shame on you. <laughs> but like all, like they, they're all these, all these people, all these countries are able to finally put aside the differences to finally stop Godzilla. Shit, Ultraman. Like I, like I would say, their statement is that humanity is worth, it's worth protecting, right? Even mm-hmm. if there's like some individuals who are awful, like humanity as a whole deserves, deserves a chance to grow up and mature on its own. And Shin Kamen Rider, it's like. Human, it's the kind of the opposite. Humanity is awful. People, people are awful, but individuals are capable of great compassion and kindness. Right. Oh, that's that's that is super deep. Um, and I mean, I I completely agree. Uh, which is always funny because you know I go into these movies not expecting some sort of deep telling of like humanity struggle, but like double rider kicks and spacium rays and you know atomic breath. So, so, like the the you want you want to hear the condescending way, Phil, or you want to hear the uh, the the less the the encouraging way? No, I want to hear the condescending. That's because people like you who engage <laughs> on like this, and people like me who engage on like this. You can't, <laughs> you can't see, but I'm moving these hands up and down, right? You know, it's like people who are just like, no, I just want to see superheroes fight. And they don't want like statements about theme and and character arcs and and, and stuff like that. I mean, uh, I don't mind character arc. like I love character arcs. Seeing like uh, a character, you know, in one state of one state of mind, you know, reaching their climax and then uh, arriving at another state of mind. I have no problem with that. I just want to know: is there a rider kick at the end of that state of mind? That's 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 it. Okay, so that's um. That's kind of what I, I really like about Otto's movies that, you know, he, he is adding a depth that was always kind of there in these three properties, but, you know, presented in a, you know, a lot of these things for kids, the Comic Rider Ultraman for kids. Right. And, and they're limited by kind of the, the approach TV of their time, budget. TV budget, but also the way the people approach them is like, you know, we're making a TV show for kids. It doesn't have to be super deep, you know? Right. And he's like he he kind of instills that. And I bring this up because you know people are talking about because Shin Ultraman, Shin Comrade, people are calling like this is like the best superhero movies <laughs> in the last year or two. Mm-hmm. And I bring this up because uh you know something that people always bash because like oh Superman's boring. We don't need a Superman movie, blah blah blah. But people usually they're almost, they're almost always people who have never read a Superman comic. They've never read a Superman comic, which is always so disappointing. Yeah, and this is how you would... I really like Shin Ultraman. It's like, this is how you would approach that type of character. Mm. Right? Like, you don't... Like, people always... Because it's a writing thing, right? Like, Batman is inherently compelling. The guy, he has his arc. He has his tragedy. Right? 
But it is possible to write a character that's not like that, who has like an inherent moral core mm-hmm. and is working. Yeah, they have struggles and they change, but they they can you can have the idealistic character, right? You don't need the cynicism um, necessarily. And none of the none of the movies, some of the TV shows. No, I'll stick. TV shows are good. None of the movies have really approached Superman that way because they don't know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. But uh, Cat America, I would argue, the first Cat America movie. Really oh yeah, definitely. Quite well. Oh yeah, definitely. You and know, yeah. shout out to uh, what's his name, Jack Johnson. Yeah, Joe Johnson. Jack Johnson. Joe Johnson. Yeah. Whatever. But like shit, Ultraman. I would argue is the best way to to approach this like Superman type of character. Right, because he's he's all powerful. He can do it, but it's like the conflict is not. It's not about him having an eternal conflict. Is that he's he's changing everyone else, which is like another a type of character arc people. That's less common that people don't know mm-hmm. is that you can tell a character you can have a story about a character who doesn't change internally, but everyone else around him is changing because they're affecting change. Right. right. I, I because, think a, I, a, a less a more common example I think people don't think of is like the Hunger Games. Mm, yeah. Because char- Katniss was like the big inspiration for everybody, right? Yeah, it's popular, but like as I understand, I mean, I'm sure there's an arc. I guess I don't know the the movie or the books. <laughs> but she has to find her sister or whatever. But that's no, the story. She, she, she doesn't have to find her sister. She uh, sacrificed herself for her sister. Yeah, but that's at the beginning of, of the thing, right? Yeah. So that's I said. Like that's a character who is not really about, that arc is not really about this character has to learn a lesson and grow and something change. It's more of like they're fighting against an unjust system, mm. right? And that's it affects everyone around it. Right. Which is the same type of arc, like how you would approach like like shit Ultraman or Superman. You just have to, you know be a little less explicit with the unjust system and whatnot. Anyways, go back to the, I love this bit here. <laughs> the ends justify the means. One of my least favorite sayings. <laughs> like the twist. That was also really funny. It's like how they solve this problem is that oh he hides the box in a dimension and he sniffs Asabi and and the villain is offended. <laughs> <laughs> which I, which is like it's a nice little character touch that I really enjoyed. And look, I mean, which, which is a clever way to to try and find the box. I mean, I didn't know Ultraman's one of his powers was like super smell, but that that's interesting. But I'm assuming it's made up for the movie and not, the, not for the show. Yeah, yeah. And here, oh look, here's here's all the fanboys You're like freaked out. I'm like, oh my god, it's that guy from Shin Godzilla. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I don't remember. I don't remember his exact position in that in that movie. Mm-hmm. They kept changing. He's like some senior senior cabinet member or something like that. But people were like, "Oh my god, is this is the same universe as Shin Godzilla," and they're like, "Yeah, you know, we'll see." And then yeah. I guess this is this is where it started to enter. I guess what you're more familiar with, Phil, because now here's the big, the, the big, big fight. The, yeah, fight. this is what I'm here for. Yes. So I understand it too. This design is just. Way better than the show version as well. I mean, almost every design in this movie is way better than the show version. Because I remember when I was talking about this character with you, you said, like, the big cat guy? And I was like, what big are you talking bat. about? Yeah, he looks like a big bat. At least yeah. I already saw him as a bat. Yeah, and I and I looked at it from the original show. I was like, man, he does look like a bat. <laughs> the movie <laughs> version is so much better. Yeah, it's way more sleeker. Like, yeah, I mean, it it's, like it's, it's, it's still, like, you know, um, adheres to the original design, but at the same time, like, it can actually, you know, do a kick. 
Yeah, he looks. He reminds me of Gigan. Kind of. Yeah. And then, here we go. This is this is I'm assuming also straight from the show, but also on a level since you're fighting in a big in a big industrial park. Yeah. And that's how you know people won't get injured, right? Because nobody <laughs> ever works in those. Well, not in America, because you know they're probably all closed down. <laughs> <laughs> I know here in Portland, that's there's at least there's like a there's like a shipping coal plant right by the river mm. that's been closed down for years. Yeah. Oh. This, oh. Yeah, but yeah, Arno also he just loves his industrial. Just like, hey, here we go. This is what everyone wants: the big space speed war. <laughs> Uh, also, as I understand it, a big change from this movie, uh, from the show in the movie, is that apparently this villain in the in the show was pretty lame and he was pretty easily defeated. Yeah. Uh, whereas, like Otto actually made him much more of a badass. Yeah. So in the uh, in the in the manga, they make him uh, like definitely a bureaucrat because I mean, this like he doesn't just show up in the original Ultraman, but he shows up in other series as well, like Taro and um, Gold and Black Ultraman. Uh, what was it, Taro and uh, RB, I believe, and Mebius. Oh, Mebius. There we go. Yeah. I remember watching. So, what was your reaction when you saw that the, the movie filmed it just now? Oh, you know that 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 tripped me out. I was like, oh, what's going on? And for me, I was like, wait, is that Ultraman? Is this like bad editing? <laughs> what was that? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, wait, wait. It's like, wait. I because I literally was just like, what? What was that? Yeah. I was like, am I understanding this movie right? But no, yeah, it made more sense. It what's you know in a few minutes. Also, this is the thing, big thing in the moment to to show that Ultraman is not the like invincible badass. Ultraman, I would argue, lost this fight. Oh yeah, definitely. Like he he was on the the latter end. Yeah, is that is that happened a lot in the show, or do you usually just like beat people pretty easily? No, he tends to get beat up a lot, and it's not until like the end of the episode he comes back and wins. Mm, okay, that's interesting. I was gonna say in Common Rider, he probably wins every episode, right? Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, Common Common Rider is my goat, not Ultraman. <laughs> Alright. Um so can you explain so as I as you were explaining to me once, the way because Ultraman's been running for like sixty years, something like that, right? Uh, yeah, just about been around since it's, the 60s. So how do they how do they approach the the universe and the storytelling and the and the continuity? It's not like Doctor Who. It's all it's all one going. It's all all of it is all in one continuity. All, yeah. From the very first episode today, all of it is in canon. Right. These are all the same characters from before. How how does Ultraman approach that? So like just like Kamen Rider, how I told you, is broken up by um, emperors, right? So you have the Showa era, the Hisei era, and now the Rewa era. Um, so like the original Ultraman, that was all within the same uh, universe. So like the Showa era, because you had the original Ultraman, then you have Ultraman Taro, and then Zafi, and um, oh crap, that's Zafi. My mind blown. All right. Um, and Ultra 7 and whatnot, right? So they're all, like, different Ultramans, right? They all come from the, the Planet of Light, but, like, they're all they're all completely different. But then once we get into that Hisei era, 
that's where we see different Ultramans in different place in different universes for the most part. I think at some point, I think later he say it was when they started to be like, okay, um, we're gonna see the other Ultras like show up in these in these shows and whatnot. But that's how it's been. It's uh, pretty. It's just like the common so, formula. When you say different universes, you're talking about internally they're Ultraman from different universes, or are you talking about like separate continuities and they cross over. Separate continuities. Okay. Yeah. So it's it's like like the DC the way the DC like DC comics. Yeah, like like Earth One, Earth Two, stuff like that. Okay. Uh. So, but did they? Do I guess they? So each in that sense, each continuity, each series does acknowledge the existence of the other ones. Uh, yes, they do. Because then you have like anniversary episodes and whatnot. Um, okay. And then, like, my favorite thing is, like, for these, like, superhero shows in Japan, they're always, like, a, a passing of the torch, if you will, where the uh, old, well, the previous season would, like, dap up the new season, and then, like, the new season would do, like, the new season hero would do a pose or something. I always thought that was cool. Okay. Kind of. That makes sense. Mm. So, uh, what... Is it is that also a bi- I, apparently that's like a big thing that he made for this movie that Ulsterman has a name? Oh yeah, because they just know him as like because uh, Ultra is like their species, uh-huh. um, and like the original Ultraman he never had a name, but uh, Zofi is the um, is the one who works with the Ultra King. Hmm. So like this was so this was the idea of um what's it called the Return of Ultraman that's what that was because the Return of Ultraman was supposed to be the original uh like the original comeback but it was like nope it's Zoffy and I understand this is also different because Zoffy Zoffy here is an antagonist to him which is mm-hmm. not true for the show right no Zoffy yeah no okay so do you know do you know how much of a super Ultraman nerd Ono is do you know why he made that change why? So I looked this up. So the reason why I did that is that when when they premiered that character or whatever the arc, whatever the show or the arc was, mm-hmm. it was a mistake in the ad. He was mistakenly promoted as a villain in the ad. Wait, really? Yes, in the promotion, oh. and that's where that's that's how deep Hano is going. Like, like him being attacked is a reference to that. Oh wow! It's like a, it's like a slight in joke. That's funny. I was gonna say, man, so this, this, this guy's deep. Like, that's wow. Like I told you, man. Like he uses Conrad as a unit measurement, huh? Why don't you do that for your house, huh, Phil? Uh, I don't have any common Rider toys. Oh wait, oh wait. I have the, I have the. I forgot. I have Kabuto as the. Uh, I have a model. Okay. Why don't you use that as a unit measurement for your house, huh? I could, or I could use uh Taro. I could use Ultraman Taro. I have an Ultraman Taro figure. I don't know what any of these things are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. All right. Um, so is this a conflict that's ever happened in the franchise? Is that... so? And this, and this is why I like the way this, this villain is slightly different from the previous two villains. Mm-hmm. Is that he's not personally antagonistic to Ultraman. But he's also... He's super alien. He sees, like, oh, humanity's a threat. We need to eliminate them. And he talks about it in the way that, like, oh, we have to, like, eliminate, like, you know, these mosquitoes that carry West Nile virus, right? <laughs> like, it's just a pest. We're not going to feel bad about it. Uh, uh, is, is there any conflict like that from the show? 
That is a very good question. I have no idea. Like I'm like to be completely honest, like my knowledge of Ultraman is not that deep. Like I just got into Ultraman, I would say last year. Okay. Apparently yeah. this is also a reference to some Ultraman villain. This this satellite super weapon. Mm. Uh, I I don't know uh, like he's gonna say his name it's gonna say his name in, in a second. Okay. Yeah, but, but you know, on that note, Phil, you're a poser. Faker, you know, real oh. fan. I'm gonna gatekeep you with my extensive Ultraman knowledge as right. a longtime fan. Of as this, a longtime of this fan of this one movie you just watched. <laughs> yeah, okay, well, you're yeah, watching exactly. again. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Gotta, I'm gonna gatekeep you because as a nerd, that's what we're supposed to do. Start like us in Star Wars, Star Trek, Magic the Gathering, comics, uh, every 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 subgenre of comics. That's so right. Dumb. Yeah, you say you say that as someone where you you bash people from Boston just because they're rival of your stupid New York football basketball team. Yes. Uh, let's see. Oh, he said. Oh, that's Zetin. Oh, he's like a giant bug. Okay, I don't know anything about, but I know I know this was like the most radical reimagining because he's a satellite weapon. Yeah. That looks kind of like that looks kind of like a bug. Wow, that's wow. He went deep. Well, I like I like this scene a lot. This is uh, you know he's being he's being confronted by the Japanese government, right? Mm. Uh, as I understand it here, this is also a slight change that Ultraman. He's he's kind of uh, I wouldn't call Ultraman a dick in this scene, but he's not afraid to like don't mess with them or I'll I'll blow you guys I'll like blow all you guys up. Uh, I'm assuming yeah. that's I'm assuming that's a little more hardcore than Ultraman in the show. Oh yeah, way way more, cause he would not do that. That would go against, like you know, his principle as a warrior of light. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I like this a lot. This is also a very auto thing with like the way he just approaches these these character dynamics. And you're like, and unlike Shin Godzilla, the government here is very very reasonable, <laughs> or at least at least this this character is, who is not named, but I'm just gonna say I think it's probably the guy from Shin Godzilla. That is that is funny. Mm-hmm. I mean, because like here, I guess you know what it is. It's because they've had to deal with um, kaiju attacks back to back compared to like you know, because Godzilla was the first of its kind. So it's like, oh my god, what do we do? All this red tape, blah blah blah. But it's um, yeah, like here is like, man, we deal with kaiju's every other day. Like yo, let's just cut through all of this and just like you know, blow them to blow them to hell. Yeah. So I do. I do. Uh, it's also this is another like uh, like all of these movies. They came. They contain elements of deconstruction, genre deconstruction and reconstruction, mm-hmm. and and like a lot of deconstructive elements. At least with Ultraman, like like Otto really taking the time to examine what it, what it would be like if someone like Ultraman, how would they would impact our geopolitical like humanity existence and geopolitical affairs. <laughs> Which I this is the type of stuff that I just love. It's like, I don't want to hear space battles. I don't want to hear space invasion. I want to hear how it's going to impact, like, our economy. <laughs> All right? I want to hear how it's impacting the, the geopolitical status, the power balance. I just want to hear people in a room talk about it. Oh, that's, that's the type of thing. I'm sure I'm in the extreme minority. Of, yeah, you, def- of, you, definitely, you definitely are. And but, I, say, I mean, I, I appreciate that, though. 
Yes, and I say minority, I mean the superior one percent to the inferior ninety-nine percent who don't people who don't gauge deep very deeply because like, oh, I just want to see the the buzzsaw. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no wrong with that. Okay. Yeah, so let you them, have let, them, let you them have, have their joy. You can have both. You know, you have your buzzsaws and you get your, like, and your geopolitical <laughs> talks. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's like telling you, right? When we were talking, this is this what made Gundam Devil O so much fun. And then when they stopped doing that and do the magic Gundam particles, that's, yeah, that's, 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 yeah, that's absolutely true. Yeah, I think that was the thing. I mean, yeah, that was the thing that brought me into Double O was the uh, the politics behind like, oh my God, these Gundams are going around and just beating us up. How how do we as a nation move forward? <laughs> yeah, and then it'd be like, oh, how magic, magic Gundam. Magic, yeah. What did she just smack his butt? What did they call it? Yeah, uh, that's like her her, 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 arc to like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, she, because, you know, now she's trying to amp him up. Which I like. It's a, it's it's just like a fun, I like that it's this really funny character quirk of the character. Mm. And yeah, here we go. This is what everyone wants, right? Here's your big Ultraman fight. (laughs) I was gonna say he doesn't in the show he doesn't really fight in space that often, right? Not that I remember. Everything was mostly was, on Earth it, or like on a planet. I was gonna say you know they have to do it on a soundstage by guys in suits, yeah. <laughs> you know, tossing around rubber rocks and, and that type of thing. Yeah, exactly. Oh, look, the the, the satellite has an AT field. Yeah, that's why I like. I, I like that. That's clearly it has that stylistic element. From, from, <laughs> from Evangelion. Yeah, he has he has just like such a unique aesthetic that I'm just really fascinated. Like like it's like very simple, but it's so like plain, but it's so cool how he just used it in its like plain aesthetics. Right. In some ways, and yeah, other ways it's like incredibly complex and detailed. I like how uh, Ultraman is doing backflips <laughs> in order to create a shield. <laughs> Apparently that's a reference to something. This is this whole fight is apparently a deep cut to like uh some like commercial or some like short film you can find online. Interesting. Yeah, it's like this is this is like like there's just like so many levels of nerd that Otto did. That is, I mean, but well, see, Ultra, it's, Ultraman it's, is one of his favorites. But this is the thing. This is how you do fan service correctly, right? You don't yeah. need to know any of that stuff to enjoy it, right? I didn't right. know it and I enjoyed it. Phil, you didn't know you enjoyed it, right? Yes. This is not your bullshit J.J. Abrams, uh, you know, oh, Chewie, we're going to give you this medal. Just whatever, right? No, <laughs> no, somehow Palpatine returned, right? You know, none none of uh, Mandalorian Season 2. Hey, Boba Fett's going to show up. Or, or, oh, Book of Boba Fett was worse. Hey, you know, <laughs> Cafe's going to show up. Luke's going to show up. Ahsoka's going to show up. Yeah. <laughs> they had nothing to the plot. You know, well, Cad kind of, but not a good way. No, like, this no. is how you do fan service correctly. <laughs> and it so annoys me is that as much as there are very smart people who who watch these shows and enjoy it, you got so many people like, no, this is all we ever wanted. It's <laughs> <laughs> actually a funny thing. So about that episode of fucking Bubba Fett, right, when all those characters showed up. Yeah. The TV critic, the only TV critic I follow, the only one I respect, mm-hmm. he was like criticizing it. Exactly for that. It's like, this is doesn't make any sense, you know, from a narrative. It's like, you're having all these elements. This is no longer about 
what it's supposed to be about. It's just a bunch of fan service. Yeah. And he brought up that, like, so I asked my 12-year-old son what he thought about it. He said, this is the greatest Star Wars thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. That was hilarious. I was so confused when it turned into Mandalorian 2.5. Yeah. And I think that should tell you, because I saw a lot of people who are not 12, who are 32, 42, who were like, this is the greatest Star Wars thing ever. I think that should tell you what the level of sophistication and what they how deep they engage with. Right. Not just Star Wars, but their art and media in general. Mm. Terrible. But, yeah. Everyone needs to take an art class. I'm, I'm throwing that out there. Like, make sure you you get you understand these things. Yeah, and you throw Ultraman, you throw shit Ultraman in there. Yes. All right, you don't need to. I don't know. Picasso. Who needs Picasso? You need you to watch shit Ultraman. <laughs> Picasso. Who? Yeah. So this is what mm. I also like. This is uh, uh, Ultraman's been defeated, right? And uh, these people, they all give it up. Like, we're just going to cope with you, man. The, the Earth becoming destroyed. Right. I mean, what else I, can you do? I really liked it. It's it's actually, like, very depressing, actually, for the movie. <laughs> like, what do you do? These four people who know about this, they can't talk about it because they don't want to incite panic. What do you do when you know the Earth is going to be destroyed and you don't know it? <laughs> And I like, 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 and they all, they all react in different ways, which I really love about how to define these characters, right? The team leader, what does he do? He just smokes, right? He's just yeah. chain smoking, right? The sci- the scientist, the other woman, the other female character, she's going to keep working, right? Even though there's probably no shot, she's going to keep going anyway. What does yeah. the nerdy guy do? He starts drinking. Drinking. Yeah. yeah like... On the job. <laughs> and he, yeah, he's also having, he's like having a, a freaking nervous breakdown right here. Yeah, I mean, I don't blame him. But yeah. you know, you can never, you can never find fault in science. Science will save us all. I mean, yeah, that's that's actually Otto's thing. Like, science does save everyone. <laughs> <laughs> and this is what I love. I'm sure some of the, uh, I'm just gonna say, it, the stupider Ultraman fanboys didn't like this stuff. Mm. But it's like, no, I wanted to do the the the, the, the what's it called? The the, the beam. Oh, the space beam, Ray. I want to do the space beam, right? I want to do the buzzsaw. It's like, no, this is not a hot. They're going to beat it. They're going to beat it with physics. Yes. <laughs> At a scientific conference and, and a weird <laughs> math equation. But see, and, and this is why, you know, and to not just like, you know, I'm sure people are thinking I'm just like praising Anno and, and unconditionally like, but this has a, uh, a good thematic resonance because ultimately it's not, it's not about, Relying on Ultraman to save the day, he's not relying on a hero. Humanity has to save themselves. Right. Right. So Ultraman gave them the means, but to do it, but they're the ones who actually come up with the solution to help Ultraman beat that thing, which I thought was a really brilliant way to like kind of conclude this this arc, this theme about what this movie is telling. It was the same thing with Shin Godzilla, well, Shin Godzilla you know, which and again it was drawing upon the original movie with the Oxygen Destroyer. I was like, how do we stop Godzilla? None of our military might can does can do it. It's uh it's extremely weird, like we're gonna inject him with this chemical that freezes blood type of thing. Mm. And we see he comes back and releases yeah. the little tiny human like Godzilla's off his tail. Yeah. 
which is which is why it's so really weird that she and Kai Rider. There's none of that. It's they do have a big fight, and they what do you do? He talks. He just puts his helmet on and like loves him today, which I yeah. thought it's like it's like this is very very cheesy, but in a good way. I mean, it's like wow, that's auto like at its cheesiest. Uh, I mean, it's the science of love. <laughs> but you know, you know, it made it made you know you people very happy because you got your double kick and you got your yes. two cyclones. Right? Yes, yes, that's, that's <laughs> yeah. what I want. He even said henshin. Yeah, that's all, right. that's all I wanted. Uh, uh, that's funny. I so I just it was a really quick thing. I just noticed this now. Mm-hmm. So when he put down that coffee mug, right? Mm-hmm. One of them has like a bunch of math questions. The other one is. It's uh, it's an outline. It's an outline of that um, that alien thing from uh, Madoka. Poyo, Poyo, Poyo. How do you say it? Poyo, Poyo, Poyo Loco, Madoka, Magico. Yeah, I, I know, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, I didn't know he yeah, worked. He worked on that. No, I think it's just, a, I think it's just a shout out. Oh. Because it's like it's kind of, uh, it is kind of similar to this movie, right? Mm-hmm. It's like here's this alien being. I'm gonna wipe out. I'm gonna use, harvest these these people, these little girls, for their energy. Mm-hmm. And you can't comprehend how that's immoral because that's how alien he is. <laughs> so I think I think that's just like the. I'm sure he probably knows. I'm sure he's like friends with the people who work on it or something like that. Yeah, because I know the writer who who did that. I saw um, what's his name, uh, Gen Urabasi. Yeah, the the psychopath guy. Yeah, bunch of other good stuff. Yeah. But and, and the Netflix Gaza, which was not very good. Oh damn. He also the wrote uh, *Common Rider*. The... Oh, really? That's cool. *Common Ka- Rider* uh, game. Okay. Yeah. So it's also yeah. I think I think just because I don't know you know I, as I understand he's like a le- he's like a legend in the anime community. Yes, you know, he he's is. Like one, he's like the elder statesman. So like he knows everyone. He's friends with like Miyazaki and all these other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why it was really funny in *Shin Godzilla*. Uh, Miyazaki makes a cameo. <laughs> <laughs> what in Shin Godzilla? That is dope. yeah, and it's a funny cameo too. In that, uh, in the very beginning of the movie, they don't know what they're dealing with, so they consult, they consult these three scientists, mm-hmm. and all of them are saying, uh, "I don't want to damage my reputation, so I can't say it." Oh, you know, I'll lose my credibility if I say it. And Miyazaki is that one. It's one of those scientists. It's like, uh, I, I, it could be a whale, but I would prefer not to speculate. <laughs> yeah. So here we go. Yeah, this is a uh, obscure scientific solution. Uh, even I don't understand how it works. <laughs> you know, <laughs> there's like some parallel dimension, zero, like black hole thingy. I don't personally understand it, but I don't care. It's cool. Yeah, I mean, I figured they were just gonna send it to another dimension. Yeah, Evangelion did the same thing. <laughs> here's like, here's some like, here are some basic things. In physics, there are real physics concepts, but he just runs with it. It's just like it doesn't, you know, it's like yeah. quantum physics stuff that like went over my brain. Ugh. So this is also cool. This countdown is actually real time. Yeah, which is which is amazing. I'm actually looking at it. I'm like, huh. Yeah, like the so this is the probably the part that probably blew everyone's minds in my theater. And I hey, he did the thing. Yeah, would you like to explain to our listeners what, what's happening that made everyone just lose their flip of shit? <laughs> so Ultraman, when he presses a button to uh, get larger, he has a signature pose of him putting his hand out as if he's flying, and he's getting bigger, and we have the red flashing light. So, And he's doing it again to get even 
bigger. Or no, he's turning into a supernova. That's cool though. Yeah, but it's like, yeah, it's like it's a very like low budget TV, 60s TV thing. Yeah. You know, it's uh it's very nice that Otto kept it even though they had like a much bigger budget. Yeah. You know, like the funny part about that thing is that it's a uh, of course it's a, a model that they've created and then the the fist is much larger than what it actually is. So like right because because it's like the, it's like a it's a it's a trick of the camera right to make exactly. it look like it's scrolling and then exactly. it's just moving, it's just moving the model closer right yeah so it's uh, it's all about perspective and look he's trying to escape a singularity wave yeah I thought this was super dope this whole this thing, this thing was so visually cool yeah yeah because it's all black and white except Ultraman uh and it's a good thing it's like another example compared to like what Hollywood needs to learn is that this is so much more visually interesting than any of these movies with, like, hundred, literally 100 times the budget. Mm. Oh, it's yeah. so simple. It's so much simpler, right? Yes, it is. It definitely is. And I think, you know, uh, I have a fondness of, like, the Ultraman thing without the, the button. I mean, without the, uh, the orb on his chest of, like, understanding his power levels of, like, going from the red to the green to the black. Uh-huh. Also, so. I do like that Ultraman still has the same stiff pose. Yes, as he's trying to fly away. And then, like, he's going all over the place. It's still the same stiff pose. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So, here we go. Yeah. Did he do it? Well, he did, because the Earth obviously yeah, didn't blow up. Yeah, didn't blow up. Yeah. Here's the guy from Drive My Car. Critically acclaimed Oscar. <laughs> Possibly Oscar-dominated movie in a movie about the Ultraman. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, Ryu, Ryu something. I'll look it up. <laughs> uh, so here, here's the... Here's so this is a part of the movie I found super weird until I looked up and this is straight from the show. Mm. So, yeah, it's like this weird, trippy... Uh, weird, trippy dimension with, like, squirrely zoos and reds. And the way he's just standing and Ultraman's just lying flat. Right. I thought this is a really weird this is a really weird choice. I thought, oh, it's for the show. So what does Zafi do in the original show? Uh he like works directly under the Ultra King. Okay. Is he like an Okay, he's like an allied Ultraman, he's like a friend, he's just yeah. like another dude. Yeah, they're they're allies. Okay. It's also it's like the gold the black and gold thing is also from the show that this just no Zafi's colors are the same silver and red it's just that his pattern is uh is different okay so they do do other ultra people show up in the show oh yeah you got tons of different ones you got uh Ultraman you have Ultra Seven there's Ultraman Taro but no ones ones who are not Ultraman just other members of the species I mean they're all they're all ultras okay. Yeah, so they're all, and then like they have kids. So yeah. like Ultra Ultra Seven, he has a son named Ultra Ultraman Zero. Are they all basically kind of like him? They're all like moral guardians of the universe. Pretty much, except for Belial, who's uh, evil. Yeah, this is and this is the thing. Like this is the big climax. This is they're just standing <laughs> in future talk. I think it was a really hilarious meme. I once I saw the internet. I don't know what it was. I think it's just like a dude standing to someone like lying. Like, flat prone on the floor. <laughs> oh, see, no, does that happen in the show that they, they rewind the transformation sequence? Yes. Oh, really? Okay. And yeah, there we go. That's 
Kamiga's back at the end of Ultra Mad. Yay! Uh, I was gonna say, like, like, like that's also different from the show, right? It's like, it's not the guy doesn't straight up die, right? It's not like Ultra Mad takes over his body. Uh, no, because I think because I mean Ultraman leaves, so he gets okay. his body back. Yeah. Oh man, and that's uh, that's the end of Shin Ultra Mad, everyone. Yes, it is. There's a song. I'm assuming it's I, a reference. Uh, it I, must be some kind of reference to the, to the show. Maybe. I don't. I don't. I don't know what the Ultraman theme sounds like. I just. I know the the battle when he's fighting. The battle. Yeah, the battle theme. I know, but like. Yeah, the, and also the the theme when he's flying. Yeah. But anything other than that, yeah, I have no idea. All right, so that was shit, Ultraman. Everyone, I highly recommend you go check this out. Uh, you know, I'm gonna give it five thumbs up. <laughs> you, uh, you left out if you had more hands. Yeah, twelve. You know, thirteen out of ten. You know, S S S plus 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 plus. You know, <laughs> on a on a grading scale, of A to F. How would you? How that would be? How would you feel? Well, I I've seen all three, so I can't answer that question. Yeah. But uh, I I mean I enjoy all three of them equally. I think in terms of the tight storytelling, in terms of like the, the tightest story, she common or it's the weakest because it's just trying to cram so much. Yeah, I, I I definitely agree. Like here, like even though it's like multiple episodes going on, like it still had a nice rhythmic flow versus Shin Kamen Rider, which just felt like arc here, arc here, arc here. So like, and I think it's, it's also it's because nice. it's adapting. It's just adapting more. I think this Ultraman is like. First four, first eight episodes. Uh-huh. First Chicago Riders, like, 14 episodes or something ridiculous. Yeah, something like that. Yep, but, uh, you know. And Phil needs to get on Godzilla, because, you know, missing the zeitgeist, like always. It's fine. They're making another, they're, like, they're making a, a new one already. Yeah, but that's not, <laughs> yeah. that's not part of the same thing, though. That's uh, Godzilla Zero. Yeah, but... You're behind. That's how far behind. They're moving on to the next thing already. Okay. That sounds like uh, that sounds like a personal problem. Yeah, your personal problem. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It is my personal anyway. problem. Anyways, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know. On that note, I'm Eric, I'm Eric Walk. Sound feels loving. And uh, we are VR troopers. Again, always with VR Troopers. Yo, man, I love VR Troopers. <laughs> Those are all big, big Beetleborgs. That show is terrible. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs>